What's up, everybody? I'm Joe Longo, and this is the Inspired Creativity Podcast. Each week, I get together with some of the most inspiring and creative people I know to share their stories with you in the hopes that it inspires you to get out into the world and start doing what you've been put on this planet to do. I feel we've all been put here for a reason. It's an amazing opportunity that we have to be alive at this present moment in time. Everything is at the tip of your fingertips. There's no more middleman in the way of you getting out there and doing what you want to do. And I hope that these stories, these people that I'm sharing with you, inspire you to get off the couch and out into the world, living the life that you've been put on this planet to live. So what's up, everybody? How are you all doing? It, it's fall. It's the holiday season. We are in the thick of it. I hope everyone had a beautiful Thanksgiving. I decided to take a week off from the podcast because there are going to be a lot of things coming at you. And I needed to wrap up some of my end of the year photography gigs as I begin to settle into winter. Winter's a whole new realm in the photography world when you work outside a lot. Things slow down a whole lot. And every year I find it to be a practice on how to let go, have faith, and trust that everything will be okay. So this year, uh, it's what I'm doing. I'm kicking back. I'm enjoying myself um, and working on this podcast along with a whole podcast network that I'm starting. I talked about it a little bit. It's called Lighthouse Family Network, Lighthouse Family Podcasts. And more information on that, I promise, is going to be coming really soon. Like really, really, really soon. Just not today because I don't want to talk too much because I have a lot to tell you before we jump into this episode. Because we are approaching the end of the year, there's a couple fun things happening in the new year that I want to let everyone know about. And finally, the 2019 Yogascapes calendar is now available. And it is selling. We only have about 50-ish, if that, copies left. If you would like to pick up one of these calendars, you can head to my website, joelongophotography.com, and then click on 2019 calendar and grab yours today. They're only $20. I'm so proud of this body of work. I'm so proud of everyone that helped me bring this to life, everyone that has been part of the process. It's been fun and challenging and interesting letting go of some of the aspects of the creative process. This is the first time I'm really doing that and it's been fun and challenging and I'm super thankful for everyone. I'm super thankful for Charmaine and Michael for doing the editing and the designing and all that stuff. And finally it's available. It should be showing up at my house any day now. I'm so excited. So if you would like a copy of the 2019 Yoga Scapes calendar, please head over to my website, joelongophotography.com, and grab yours today. They really are some beautiful, beautiful implied nudes. Um, yeah, it's a great, it's just, I love it. I love it. I'm super happy about it, and I would love for you to hang it on your wall. So head over to my site to pick that up. And now before I tell you about my guest this week, I want to let you know that January 1st, New Year's Eve, actually, I'm teaming up with Justine Bacon at Yoga Brain to do a Kundalini Vinyasa fusion fun music um, extravaganza to ring in the new year. We're going to practice and then we're going to celebrate after we ring the new year in. So if you want more information on that, head to the Yoga Brain website. Uh, I will also have information about that on my website very soon. It's going to be a great time. There'll probably be some live music as well. So if you're looking for something to do on New Year's Eve and you don't want to go out and get shit-faced, come do some yoga with us. And then on January 4th, I'm going to be at Nectar Yoga in Phoenixville teaching a really fun workshop called Breaking the Chains. And it's a Kundalini workshop. It's about two hours. And we do this really powerful Kriya that really helps let go of the bullshit stories 
that we make up. So it's, it's a lot of fun. There's a lot of fun meditations. It's super, it's physically challenging. It's mentally challenging. And then there's just this sweet relaxation that comes with it as well. So that's happening on January 4th, Friday night, 730 to 930 Nectar Yoga in Phoenixville. And then on Saturday, January 5th, I'm at Chantille Yoga Sanctuary in Sellersville doing a brand new workshop. This is the first time I'm teaching this workshop and it's called Merging with the Infinite. And we are going to sing and chant and move our bodies. And like the title says, we will be merging with the infinite. So <clears throat> this week on the podcast, after many, many, many tries of recording and actually getting this podcast to happen is an amazing Bay Area artist, Jai Shri. And I've actually never met Jai Shri in, in real life. She was connected to me through a mutual friend of mine who I'm trying to set up a podcast with as well. And he was like, hey, I'm going to connect you with my friend. She's a bhakti yogi. She's an artist. And I think you guys would have a great conversation. So thank you, Steve, for the connect. Um, Jai Shri, she is an amazing artist. She's a, de a designer. She's a bhakti yogi. She... These large-scale paintings, which we talk about in 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 our chat, um, of her of of the deities that are involved in her practice, uh, we talk about her love for fashion and her new uh, line of jewelry. Her art is amazing. Her story is amazing, and yet again, it's one of those stories that. I hope it, it inspires you that no matter what has happened in your life, that you can climb out of the gutter and kick ass. And you can. Jai Shri is a perfect example of that. She did not have the easiest life, but she didn't let that stop her from doing what she does and from inspiring other people. And now she's going out and giving back, talking to others young people, letting them know her story so it can inspire them knowing that you can be put through child service systems and you can still be okay. You can be in foster care and you can still be okay. Um, so this is a, a, an amazing episode. I'm so thankful that we were finally able to get this to actually happen because seriously, we recorded this, I think, once or twice. We were just lots of technical issues, but finally we have it. It's here for you. So kick back, enjoy the conversation with Jai Shree. Please check out her links. They'll be in the show notes. And, you know, if you feel moved, share it with your friends. Thank you so much for being here and enjoy the conversation. trying this a couple times hey they say Just, three times a charm three times is a charm so how was your thanksgiving it was really beautiful it was really special yeah i drove up to um a retreat center that i'm on the board of it's called mandala springs up uh northern california and we had a huge vegetarian mostly vegan feast with a bunch of my krishna devotee friends it was beautiful and awesome and rainy and it was great that sounds beautiful yes yeah. um any yummy desserts Yes, I made two. <laughs> I made a vegan apple pie and a vegan pumpkin pie, and there were uh, other other things. I didn't eat that much actually. It was the it was actually the distance, disappearance day of my spiritual teacher, which we celebrate as much as an appearance day or a birthday, and uh -huh. um, it was uh, it was more about that for me than about the food. It was really it was cool. Uh. That's nice. I, I was in charge of desserts at my Thanksgiving extravaganza that I went to. It was a lot of fun. What did you make? Um, I made a pumpkin roll. Pumpkin um, roll? Pumpkin roll. Um, it's like a cake that's rolled up with really bad icing inside that's really delicious. Uh -huh. um, and a pumpkin cheesecake. Yummy. Not yeah, vegan. My, no, definitely neither were vegan. <laughs> um, but they were made with love and they were delicious. Uh, yeah. <laughs> hey, it's hard to get the vegan desserts down. There's a lot of dairy in desserts for sure. Right. Yeah. So much. I, I love to bake, but I always forget like how... 
how much sugar is involved. I know. <laughs> I know. It's like everywhere, like, oh, man. But, yeah, so Thanksgiving was good. Let's, um, let's kind of jump in with you and your art. And I'm kind of wondering... Where should we start? If we should start with your paintings or with jewelry? Uh, we could start with paintings because paintings came first, I guess. All right. You know, I'm doing both simultaneously now, but um, you know, I know this is about creativity and being inspired, and um, and I guess how how artists or just people that you're talking to keep that alive just day to day how do we keep inspired and um activated in our creativity and uh and yeah i do i try i got like two two questions for me it's like like, what's that i said i got two questions for you yeah um, yeah just just so you're so you're you're painting and making the jewelry together like yeah. they're both happening. So do you find that when you are creating that you'll work on a painting until it's finished or will you kind of like work on it and then jump to something else and then come back? Yeah, I definitely have a lot of paintings going on all at once. I paint in oils primarily mm-hmm. and I like to put a bunch of paint on and then let it sit for a little bit and get to a different consistency and then manipulate it and then add a little bit more. And, um, sometimes I'm working on something and it just, I'm enjoying the process, but it's not there yet. And I'll set it aside and I'll start something else. My Mm -hmm. art, I'm not making jewelry. I'm designing the jewelry and I'm having made in LA. They're casted pieces, but, um, Mm -hmm. My art studio is a very small, I'm so grateful, but it is very small. And I, I paint large scale mostly and I, and I'm designing my jewelry in the same space. And so I'll jump back and forth. Like I'll be, um, working on my computer, working on, uh, I use a, an AutoCAD program that I'm trying to teach myself right now. I've had, I've outsourced it for my first few Mm -hmm. designs, but I'm trying to, um, to tackle my next few designs myself and then I'll stop and then I'll go paint for a while. And then I just, I feel like I have so many things going on all at once. I'm even started to knit a sweater for my, my little new adopted (laughs) dog. So I feel like, I feel like I always have something creative that I'm working on. And then in my mind, I'm always, creating something else like yesterday I was writing a kid's story about being adopted while I was on the treadmill at the gym you know it's like Uh, uh so that creative mind is always flowing oh and Stella says hello as well um so let's let's rewind tell us about how you got into the arts okay well I I feel like, you know, I was put in, put in uh, the system, put in an orphanage when I was three years old and I lived in and out of foster homes and my first adopted family, um, I'm really grateful. It was a very hard family to live in. I actually ran away when I was 15, but, um, they lived in a really small, um, upper class neighborhood, uh, that had great education and they both, both the parents came from, um, Ivy league background and, um, they really believed in culture and the arts and traveling and they would take us to museums. And she was an oil painter just kind of for fun on the side. She, she wasn't like really serious about it, but she had oil Mm -hmm. paints and an easel and she painted occasionally. And I feel like they really brought it out of me. They brought, they brought me art supplies and it was something that I am. It's nothing that I tried to be or become in my life. I feel like I just am an artist. I think, um, it's, it's how you think, it's how you see things, it's how you translate what you're seeing in to your own expression, your own style. And that 
that was my kind of my safe place. Like when I was drawing, I remember like the first couple times I was given uh, my own, my very own sketchbook, I would do those little doodles that came in the paper that was little sections and you tried to copy the picture. And I thought, wow, I can actually do this. And when I was doing it, I wasn't thinking about anything else than what I was doing in that moment. And, Mm -hmm. uh, having a really rough fundamental years as far as academics, being in and out of foster homes and orphanage, those fundamental years where you learn your ABCs and your one, two, threes and all that. I didn't really have a strong foundation in that. Mm-hmm. So in when I was in a, um, a school environment, trying to learn curriculum, I was always daydreaming. I was always somewhere else in my mind. But when I was making art, I was present. I was right there. And um, mm. I'm kind of feeling this as I, this is like kind of a little revelation in this moment for me, Joe. I'm, I'm, I'm going <laughs> back. Awesome. Like I've shared my story many times, but some new stuff's coming out in this. So thank you for, for this opportunity to, it's, it's what happened. Uh, oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. I, uh, I love that. It took me a really long time to figure out that I was an artist Mm-hmm. because I couldn't draw and I just assumed that uh, my like half of my family can draw and paint and you know make their artists and because I couldn't draw I just assumed that I wasn't an artist and I wasn't exposed to photography and then when that happened it's like oh my goodness this all makes sense like I kind of I feel connected to something <laughs> you know like there was something missing yeah because yeah. like I felt like, you know, I wasn't, not that I was different, but I just felt like there was just some, like there was this piece that was missing. And then once it showed up, it was like, oh, there you are. I don't have to be able to draw a straight line. No, no. I think that an artist is more in the mind too. It's like how you see and how you feel and how you perceive the world around you. And then how you express yeah. that, whether it's through photography or through poetry or writing or music or there's so many forms of art right yeah and i think i just so i'm love i'm actually really loving your photos i'm following you i'm really loving your (laughs) photography really beautiful and powerful like how you capture very much yeah yeah i appreciate that it's I love it. <laughs> it, you know, probably just like you with the, with the paintings, it just, it's like time doesn't exist. Yeah. And sometimes that can be um, a double-edged sword when you're working with a client, you know, because <laughs> sometimes I'll fall into it. And I'm like, okay, we should probably stop now, but I just want to just keep creating. <laughs> yeah. Lucky for them. They get to be part right. of it. Right. Right. Exactly. So I was looking at some of your paintings and is it, was it the last, would it be collection, um, that you did that's really big deities? Okay. Yeah. That wasn't the last, but I did, um, I did a series of nine paintings, um, I started because this number three has been really relevant in my life. Uh, I was born June Egan, then I was June Eddie, then I was June Eaton. Now I'm Jai Shri Triolo. So it's E-E-E and then Triolo, meaning three. And just three of three. And I really resonate with the number nine as far as um, numerology and then in mathematics. And I only discovered this through my... Uh, research and wanting to understand what number three was about for me. And then uh-huh. I started reading about this, the seed of life and the flower of life and sacred geometry. And I thought I'm going to do a, I'm going to do a series based on different spiritual traditions and I'm going to do it. I'm going to do th- three um, groups of three paintings, nine, and I'm doing 36 inches by 36 inches, three feet by three feet, because I love painting 36 by 36. I feel like it's, it's a substantial size, but it's not huge. It can still fit in somebody's car. They don't have to strap it to the roof of the car. If they buy it, they can take it home. And it, <laughs> and it's, it just feels substantial to me. It feels, it 
it doesn't, it, I, I like that size. And then I also like the number behind it, 36, 36, and three and six is nine, nine by nine. And then when I decided I'm going to, I'm going to really put a lot of intention behind this series because I never really completed a collection of art. I would just jump around, do a commission painting, and then I'd see something and be like, oh, I want to paint something that I want to paint a picture of that. Or, um, but I just, this was really intentional and I wanted to link it to my spiritual journey. Um, Mm -hmm. I, I went to arts. I started art school, uh, when I was 18 years old, I met the, the Krishna devotees. Their, their temple was actually right behind, like literally in the parking lot of the art school that I started. I started Ohio university in Athens, Ohio, but later transferred to Columbus college of art and design. But, um, I wanted, I wanted to dive deep into philosophy, spiritual, my spiritual philosophy, and also complete a body of work. And I thought nine was, a, you know, it was just, it's a good body. It's a good size. And then mm-hmm. I had this, I was thinking, oh, th- there's so many similarities in different spiritual traditions. I kind of wanted to express all three in three diff- three paintings of three different traditions. And I started taking this tarot reading class because I love how on tar- the tarot deck, you can look at a card and it tells the whole story. Like the whole story mm-hmm. of what it's revealing to you is in the drawing. Right. And I wasn't taking the tarot class because I wanted to be a tarot card reader. I just, I wanted to understand like the imagery behind the story. And then I, it just came down to me. I, I had a, a, a friend who came to visit my studio and we were talking about it. And they were saying, you know, the nine primary planets in Vedic astrology, like there's, there's the whole lineage behind that and how each planet affects you based on the time that you're born. And I was like, Oh, so I'm not going to do, I'm not going to do three different spiritual traditions. I'm going to do my spiritual tradition. And I, um, yeah, I, I had these aha moments where I started each canvas and I separated each canvas into 12 sections because 12 times nine is 108 and there's 108 beads on my, my chanting mala and there's 108 Upanishads. There's 108 gopis that dance with Krishna. A lot of times people say, what is, what's the significance of 108? People do 108 sun salutations and it's really deep. And then as I'm starting gathering my imagery and my intention behind each piece, I'm realizing that if I separate these nine paintings into 12 sections on each one, it comes to 108, but on each canvas, 36 by 36, each section is nine inches by 12 inches. So not only did I have 108 square feet, I had 108, 108 square inch sections. So that was mind boggling. And I was like, what? And then I thought underneath all of that is the seed of life. It's the flower of life. It's down to the atom. It's like down to the most minuscule um, it's like quantum physics. It's like what you're mm-hmm. looking at and how it starts to multiply and how everything is connected. So underneath each one, I started with a seed of life and then I took imagery and it's kind of my style, this kind of black outline blended with drippy colors. And, and it's, it's not photorealistic. I, I really mm-hmm. like modern expressionistic painting, but I like I like people to see what's going on, but I like people to look at it and say, oh, okay, I get it. And not for things to be super literal. Um, So every painting in that series has uh, has Surya, Chandra, all the nine, Rahu, Ketu, all the nine primary planets, and then a, a, a painting of each of those images of those gods that rule those planets and then the mantra the the sanskrit sanskrit mantra behind it and then what that mantra is talking about like what if it's for gain of knowledge or if it's for success in life or what what it's ruling so that felt really like a lesson for me in my spiritual path but also a lesson for me to start a series of work and start it and finish it from start to finish and have a body of work. So that was, that was big for me. How, how long did it take? 
uh, about a year and a half. I was doing other wow. work, a lot of commission work in between mm-hmm. while that was happening. And I, I moved to studios during that time. I wasn't in a, in a rush to finish it. It wasn't like I had committed to a, a, a place, a gallery or a yoga studio or someplace to, to hang it. It was just my mm-hmm. personal journey, which is was really, right. was, it was good. It was good work for me. I'm glad, I'm glad I've, I, I did a lot of research before I started it and I discovered a lot of things about myself when I went to art school, when I went to art school, um, I put myself through fine art school, Columbus College of Art and Design as a graphic artist in the army national guard. And, um, uh, I, I was I was in art school for seven years, and my senior year of undergraduate school, my enlistment ended, and I never finished my senior thesis for that. I never oh. got I never got my diploma. So I kind of, in my own way, feel like that was my thesis. That's what I needed to do to complete that journey. Yeah, well, it definitely is yeah. a, a thesis. Um, yeah. And then those the personal projects like that, I think, are so beneficial to artists, like just to be creating something that really isn't for anyone else. And then whatever yeah. kind of happens with it, you know, happens. It really helps um, eliminate self-doubt. I don't know if other artists go through this. But for me, (laughs) on a spiritual journey, not to not to take away from the fact that I'm a human, I'm having a human experience, but I'm also really feel like this is temporary and that my soul is eternal and and find that balance. And then it feels a little sometimes it feels really narcissistic and it feels really self-indulgent and it feels like it's not for the greater good am i really is this is this helping the greater good am i being of service to other people by doing this and they say you can't help anybody else unless you help yourself right that's kind of like one of those universal truths so (laughs) i i I remind myself of that no i have to do this i think you I think you mentioned that one time when you said I, you watched my video on my um, on my website and you said, do you like that quote that my daughter said? That artists, yes. yeah, mom, you're an artist and artists don't give up. And and it's true. I I have to remind myself of that. It's so good, though. It's wise, so good. wise words. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think she actually got that from some kids movie or something. But hey, I'll take it. Right, it's stuck. It's good. Um, so let's jump back a little, or maybe not even back, but I just want to make sure we touch on it. You've done some speaking in some schools for some kids about yeah. art and and your life. Just three times. I'm hoping mm-hmm. that maybe even through this opportunity of speaking on your your podcast, that somebody will hear a little bit about my journey, and and that could be a a connection to using my life's journey in service to other kids that are in quote unquote in the system. There's a, I live in Northern California, North of San Francisco and Sonoma County. And there is a adoption and foster care nonprofit here called true to life center TLC. And three times I have gone and spoken to the high school there called it's called journeys high school. And I've, I've, shared my life story and every time I have left the space and gotten in my car and sat for a moment and felt I was completely taken over by spirit and my life story was used in service like this is purpose this is what life is about it's it's taking what is seemingly hardship and horrible life and turning it around and not being a victim and not letting it take away my life from my life but I've been able to use it in service and it's just it's just been in, incredible I did not have a very good uh, first eight years or even 17 years till I actually left 
the system and said, I will take care of myself. And it was hard. It's a hard way to go to say to parents that have adopted you, I appreciate you and thank you for trying, but I think I'm better on my own. It's very hard. Yeah. Yeah. And not being, not turning to drugs or living on a street, but having, and, and I actually think that first adopted family, the Eddies that came from, they, they came from a Quaker background and they came, uh, the father was a Cornell graduate. I feel mm-hmm. like those fundamental things that they gave us as, as far as education and the arts and, and some culture, and um, they were fundamentalist Christians, in my opinion. Um, uh-huh. But they, looking back as an adult, they had had a biological child that had passed away pretty much like right in front of them um, mm. after they had been told they would never be able to have biological children. They had a biological daughter and she passed away. So as a woman now, as a grown woman with children of my own, I cannot even imagine what that, how that would shake my core, how that would throw me off. So they turned mm-hmm. to their faith and, and they, here they adopted my sister and I who were young girls who had lived in foster home, been locked in dog cages, raped, molested, um, just horrible things <laughs> passed from one bad situation to the next. They didn't know what they were taking on. Mm-hmm. They took us on out of, out of love and trying to heal their own broken heart. And it was just in those days in the seventies, you did not, therapy was for people that need, that were either schizophrenic or had serious problems. It wasn't like we look at it now where it's like a privilege and everybody should go talk to somebody. And it's just what you do when you're struggling to process things. So right. I feel like that family gave me some really strong core values that helped me pursue education, be dedicated, be disciplined and, and make good choices. Yeah. And the mother of that family recently just passed away and the father is still alive. And, and there's some part of me that's saying I I should go put closure on that. I should just go see him and just tell him, Hey, I ran away from your family, but what you did really helped make me who I am. And, and I feel like I, I'm a solid person, you know? I'm not, but I, the really bizarre thing is that their relatives, like the mother who passed away, her sister I've spoken to and her neat, my, my cousin from that family and my, they had adopted a son before they had their biological daughter who passed away. And then they adopted my sister and I. So we had a brother when they adopted us that they had adopted when they were told they couldn't have any children. So I've stayed in touch with him over the years. And he just said, they're just, he's just like, just let it go. You know, don't, don't try to pursue it. Just let it go. They're, they're really, they, they won't understand you, but I, I don't, I don't, I feel like spirit's telling me I should reach out to that, that man. Mr. Eddie and, and that brother actually recently found his biological family. Yeah. And who are still together. They were high school sweethearts and she got pregnant in high school and they're still together. And he's like 58 or something. And he has brothers, twin brothers. Yeah. I say you listen to the spirit and Mm. uh, see what happens. Yeah, I agree. (laughs) But so when you were doing, we're we're kind of jumping all over the place. So you've talked in, in the school three times now, correct? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and the first time I went, the first time I went, I was first time I was asked. I was so afraid to go. And then my good friend Michael Franti, who's also adopted, I called him. I said, you know, he's a performer. He's a musician. He's, you know, he's got what it takes to perform and speak to people. And I didn't have that in me. And he's like, Jayshree, just go in there, tell your whole life story, 10 to 15 minutes. Don't ramble on and on. And you'll, they'll, the, you'll have the kid's attention. Like it'll just go from there. Mm-hmm. And so I took his advice and it was amazing. In fact, there was one girl in the class 
whose my biological father was an alcoholic and my biological mother had MS and that's why I was put in the system. And that was her exact same story. Her mother had MS and her father was a, was an alcoholic. And it was just, that that was just so bizarre for me. And I got thank you notes from those kids. I got kids asking me, can, can, how do I stay connected to you? So I started mentoring in the girls group home. The group home actually Mm -hmm. ended up folding because the California state law changed and there weren't group homes anymore. Everybody had to be in the foster system. And then, um, back another time, it was pretty much really similar to the first time. But the third time I went back, I started crying. Like I thought I, when I tell my life story, I don't really cry anymore. I don't actually have a lot of emotion behind it because I feel like in some ways it was another lifetime and I feel so like it's so processed and I'm okay with everything. But this time I could barely speak and the kids were so sweet. All right. It's okay. We got you just, it's all right. And, And then I left realizing that wasn't about me. That was spirit again, making me vulnerable because these kids or somebody in that room needed me to cry. They needed mm-hmm. me to, to see me break down. So, or maybe I'm still, maybe it's my truth too. Maybe I'm still not done processing it, but I feel like I am like, mm-hmm. yeah. Let's talk about fashion. <laughs> I love fashion. <laughs> it's so funny because, you know, you hear people criticize yogis wearing Lululemon and da 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 da. I love, I feel like as an artist, there's so much there's so much to fashion. There's so many ways to express yourself. It's another medium. And then there's all these levels of creativity. You as a photographer know there's so many, there's just, there's stylists, there's photographers, there's marketing, there's ad, there's this like, there's just all this creative energy (laughs) behind the fashion industry. I mean, you can, you can be a thrift store girls clothes swap shopper get things for free and have style there's so many cool garments and things out there and i feel like when you have your style and you're and you feel good inside you well there's a funny quote i was going to say you're a nicer person <laughs> because there's a quote i read recently <laughs> it said when i like my outfit i'm a nicer person <laughs> which made me laugh because i feel like it it's nothing to be ashamed of. I love fashion. And I think on one of our attempts to record this, this um, podcast, I touched on that because it was a series mm-hmm. of work that I did that was inspired from fashion magazines. I subscribed to almost every fashion magazine, although I've, I've stopped some of them because I have so many that I haven't even looked at yet. But, um, <laughs> and I pass them on to friends that do collaging and whatnot. But I, I, I love to look at, just the whole layout. And I, like I've referred to a few times in, in, in this conversation that I've, I'm on a spiritual path. It's bhakti yoga. Uh, it's Gaudiya Vaishnav, Hare Krishna. Um, and I sit down with my beads in my prayer room and I chant mantras on beads every day, nearly every day be truthful Thursdays that it's 10 o'clock at night and like it's not happening today but nine times out of ten that's like I feel like my day doesn't start until I do that and if I the funny thing is if I don't sit and chant I feel like my day goes so fast and I get nothing done the days that I sit down and do my meditation I feel like God blesses me because I put spirit first and everything that I want to get done in that day gets done or I'll get the text that I was, I know it sounds superstitious, but I really feel like that has been revealed to me. It's no joke for me. So I sit in this meditation and sometimes not so much anymore, but for a long time, I would be trying to figure out what I'm going to wear for either that day or a special occasion I had coming up or something I needed an outfit for. And I'm like, why am I not focusing on the mantra? Why am I dressing myself in my mind. So I thought, I, I'm i going to just go with it and realize that I, I'm going to take that creative thing. I'm going to submerge myself. That's when I went and just started subscribing to all the magazines and like really looking at fashion, looking at style. My biological sister really is into fashion and she has great style and she um, is fortunate enough to be able to buy designer things that she loves. And, and 
and not just name brand designer things, but smaller boutique styles were so many artists doing so many things right now, even within the jewelry world was starting this, this my, my sacred armor, my coverage of design and just tapping into that. There's like this whole underground of artists that are just with social media and Instagram and being able to take movies on your phone and iMovie and make your own movie. It's just like so many people are using all these resources and using their creativity and making things happen, even in people designing their own clothes and just having a small line that they carry at a small boutique and they're beautiful handmade pieces. And so I feel like, yeah, I'm super into, I love fashion. I love style. I love looking at shoes and handbags and whatever. And and from that though, you turned it into a series of paintings, another series of paintings, right? Yeah. Yep. So what I would do is I would look at them. I would look at a picture or a, 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 ad in Vogue or L or Bazaar or W, W is incredible. And I would look at it as a piece of art. I wouldn't look at necessarily like, I like the outfit. I like, I would look at the movement. I would look at the contrast, the, the, the design of the whole composition. Um, and I would take it, I would take my phone, I'd take a screenshot of it. And then I would take it into Photoshop and I would completely manipulate the image. Sometimes I'd zoom into a really small spot and I would deal with, you know, you know, adjust in contrast and turn things to black and white and make this line art of it, line art out of it and create these stencils that I would translate onto canvas to make these modern abstract paintings that were inspired from images I saw in fashion magazines. So it's, yeah, it's, that's when awesome. You, you just start using different <laughs> tools. You just start using different tools and you're and you just gather inspiration from everywhere. Even now designing these covetages, I'm looking at hardware for light fixtures and how things hang. I'm like, oh my gosh, that would be so cool to use that as a clasp on my necklace because look at how that that bearing fits through this piece of metal and da, 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 you know, you can just see design elements everywhere and you can translate them into your own designs. There's just inspiration everywhere. I'm sure, I'm sure musicians hear that when they're listening to music, they're like, Oh my God, that progression. Like, Oh, I love it. I'm going to take that. I'm going to manipulate it. So it's mine, but that's where I gather my inspiration from or how, you know, I don't know. I just, that's the artist's mind. I feel I mean, you study all this when you're in art school and you read all these books and you have all these lectures that you go to, but, you know, 30, 40 years after the fact and you're, you're living the life of an artist. But when you're just living that experience and then you're just translating it, it's, um, it's real. <laughs> it's yeah. real. It's, it's, it's not, it's not something you're imagining or you're trying to, I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful for my life. I'm so grateful that I have this, this ability to see things, want to create them and have the ability to just push myself through and not take no for an answer or say, Hey, I can't do that because I'm, I, I'm a can do person and I just figure it out. Just even, right. even, Oh, this was so exciting. I was like, I want to design a really beautiful logo lit up light fixture for my displays when I do trade shows or when I have my office or, and I contacted a friend of mine who's a metal worker and he's like, I'm kind of a Lego guy. I, you get all the parts and I'll put them all together. And I was thinking I could put all the parts together. And then <laughs> I just went and met with him twice. And I thought this guy's slowing me down. I love him and he's incredible, but I met with him two times. And then he just, the last time I was there, he's like, this is what you want to do. You want to go to reliable hardware. You want to have them da, 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 send him your file. So I sent reliable hardware, my logo. I met, went and met with the guy, huge, like water jet steel cutting facility and they water jet cut my logo, my, my casing, my, and then I picked it up and then I found a place to like powder coat it like an auto mechanic shop, you know, that does like, mm -hmm. they painted it. And then I went to tap plastics and had them cut the back thing. And then I ordered the led lighting and I'm like, I'm, I built my custom made <laughs> light box with my logo on it when I thought 
oh, you just hire somebody to do that. But I, it's part of being an artist. You just figure it out. Yep. Mm-hmm. Just got to figure it out. Just do it. Just do it. Um, that's interesting. Most, a lot of the work I do, like outside of the person that's on the other side of my camera, it's really just like me. You know, I'm, I'm either doing something for myself, but I'm typically doing everything. Yeah. And this calendar that I just put out, the the yoga scapes, the implied nude yoga images, it's the first time that I have other people helping me. And it's been so challenging right. <laughs> to like let control go. Cause for this, pretty much all I did, I I photographed it. And then uh -huh. I picked out like my grouping of images that I liked and then I sent them to my friend and they were her and her partner editing and laying everything out and it's been driving me crazy yeah <laughs> only because I don't like I don't have like it's like I want to do that I want to I want to I want to you know so it's been yeah. really good to learn how to let go and let other people, you know, be part of things and help. But oh, it's been hard. It's been it's been difficult. For yeah, me. <laughs> I, I I actually spent a few minutes trying to envision my company growing, and me primarily working on the designs, and then the managing like the creative element, the continuity, and like the marketing and the the branding of it. But having other mm -hmm. people do the work, and I was like, wow. What would that look like? What is that going to look like? Because that's what you have to do when you're when you have a vision and you have a dream. You have to picture yourself in those situations, and it's scary. Mm -hmm. It's scary. It is, but it's an exciting, yeah. scary. It's super exciting, and there's so <laughs> many talented, amazing, cool people in the world. And when you have a team of people that are are team players and believe in what you're doing, and then you know, I, I've had so many mm -hmm. people give me great opportunity and allowed me to do creative projects for them and work on things and they, they had to trust me so right right um and yeah. i love working with people like if it's like a bunch of people are like yeah let's go do this but when i'm just like okay i'm gonna do this and you can do the rest then i just sit like it kind of flashes me back to photographing weddings on film because it would be you know, like the torture of photographing a wedding, just like anything that could go wrong. And then when the wedding's over, now taking all of that film and giving it to somebody else, you know, and for like a week, <laughs> yeah. you're just like, oh my I've goodness. I've noticed. I've had did, some photographers anything work with me happen? and they're like, did, we're going to edit know? everything and then we're going to send you. I'm like, can I just look at everything raw first? And they're like, we're going to edit it and we're going to send you. <laughs> Right. Think of that when it's, I don't even have a little, like, I can't even look at the back of the screen. I'm just handing off film and I don't think I did a good job today. Right. <laughs> oh, I don't miss those days at all. Um, so what do you have going on? Anything um, coming up that you want to let the world know about yeah i sponsored uh the sebastopol women's goddess crafts fair this year i i used to attend it for many years it's super beautiful amazing northern california artists collective that it's been i don't even know how long it's been going on i would say over 20 years what's it called and again the Sebastopol, it's called the Goddess, the Goddess Crafts Fair. It's at the Sebastopol Community okay. Center. And I wanted to have a booth there and they were sold out. And I thought I'm growing my business. It's a great place for me to have my, my logo as an impression on their, on all their marketing collateral. And I believe in this event. And mm -hmm. so I'm doing that. And then I just got asked to be at this event on December, December 20th in Marin and in, in, in Sausalito at Harmonia. It's a sip and shop event. It's a holistic community center there. And, uh, I'll post something on my, on my Instagram, uh, Jai Shri artist and Kavacha designs and let people know about it. It's it, yeah, that and I'll event. be sure to link. Yeah, thank you so much. And yeah. what else? I I'm just working diligently on my on my sacred armor 
I, I'm so excited about this jewelry. I feel like they're beautiful pieces, but they're more than a fashion. They are heirloom quality keepsakes to hand down for generations to generations. There's so much intention and care has gone into every aspect of them. Even before I started this, I asked for the blessings of my teacher because it's it's taking from a Hindu tradition of wearing a kavacha, which means armor. And I'm essentially making them available in the West and don't want to appropriate that. So mm-hmm. I I asked for his blessings. He was like, everybody's going to want a kavacha because in our tradition, a certain prayer is written on it. And I said, well, they'll put their own prayer in it and it will become their personal, their personal prayer amulet. He said, oh, I get it. So I feel really <laughs> great that I, I was afraid. I was afraid. It reminds me of a Trevor Hall story when he was asked a, a, a Hawaiian elder for permission to tell a story through one of his songs and it's it's scary when you're taking something from another culture and you really want to honor it and you really believe in it and not homogenize it or make it something trendy or whatever it's just i want this to be an heirloom piece that people love and they keep and they it's their prayer amulet and then their children get it and their children get it and it's but keep stays in the family i just so yeah, that's and they're beautiful, and it's called Kavacha Design, correct? Kavacha Designs, K A V A C H A Designs, and the trademark is Sacred Armor. But before Sacred Armor was cleared with the United States Patent Office, I wanted to get going, so I just used my business name, Kavacha Designs. So mm-hmm. it's all there together. It means the same thing, same thing, only different. <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. And they're beautiful. And I think I asked you this before because you, I can literally write a little prayer and put it inside, exactly. right? Exactly. Yes. Or you can take. Yeah, I love anything. that. People that put whole aspect. Or, that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Joe, thank you so much for this opportunity to to talk about myself and to share my process with creativity <laughs> and my journey as an artist. I feel really honored and and I'm so glad that we were persistent and we kept trying to to make yes. it happen. Thank you so much for you know trying multiple times to, <laughs> <laughs> to make it happen. Yeah. Um, I really appreciate it, and I will be sure to link all of your socials up for uh, everyone in the show notes please go check her out buy some of this beautiful art it's thank you joe gorgeous it really is it's so it's beautiful thank you and how about this before we leave one little piece of something that could keep an artist that wants to stop keep going one you're an artist and artists never give up (laughs) (laughs) perfect perfect i think that's going to be the title of this episode okay all right till next time thank you so much till next time have a wonderful wonderful night okay happy holidays everyone listening thank you happy holidays i will talk to you all next week